fingers there. Good morning and welcome to Nature Watch. Nature Watch is sponsored by Waddell's Nursery Floral Garden and Bird Center at the corner of 12th Street and Millam Road. And now, here is your host of Nature Watch, Gary Miller. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, you're looking fabulous. And you're sounding much better getting over that respiratory. Oh, uh, yeah. Can, yeah. Can I can I just just put an IV of antibiotics in me and I'll be happy. It's, it, this bug just will not go away and I think I'm turning the corner. So you're sounding much better. So that's good. Thank you. I yeah, that's lawless sounds good. What? <laughs> put that on your Facebook page. <laughs> there'll be a fight trust me so, so on the way in actually quite frosty this morning but it was hard to scrape my windshield and uh, i noticed when i got out of the truck here at the studio that the parking lot's a little slippery out there so take it care of all out there yeah. you're walking do that penguin walk you know that uh, little waddle and yeah you know short I, steps. I, I i live three minutes away so i get in the car about quarter to eight and i you know i'm like ah okay that's yeah, great that's cool Wait a minute, it's not scraping off. It froze on both sides. Yes. Yeah. Outside and inside. So I had to literally thaw the car out for about 10 minutes before I made it here. Good thing yeah. it's only three minutes so, away. So, so, so. did I. Yeah. And then I noticed on the way in that we had a red sky this morning. So got a chance of some snow, a little dusting of snow tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, later this week, coming week, uh, maybe a little chance of snow again. So we're still uh, above normal with temperatures and uh, way down on precipitation. <laughs> Don't don't worry. I, I I have a weather app up, and <laughs> and looking ahead, we will stay above, pretty much above average, um, until we hit the tenth. Now, uh, uh, Matt Kirkwood all week with Jim McKinney um, this last week here on the morning show was talking about the tenth of January. We could see some changes, and this weather app um, is uh, kind of shadowing that uh, down to th- uh, thirty for a high on the 10th, and then we go into the 20s for about a five-day stretch. Oh, so maybe El Nino takes a little vacation or something. And, uh... yeah, let's let's get some let's get some uh, snow, even some man-made snow, down Timber Ridge, Bittersweet. Oh, ski Let... resorts are just chopping uh, at the bit, waiting for some cold weather so they can make snow at least. Oh, my. I, 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 I really feel for them. I do. It's... Oh, they yeah, they haven't had a good season so far. No, not at all. But But there is hope. There is hope, and we if you want to tail it out towards the end of January, there are some more 20s. In fact, we could see single digits for a low near the um, end of the month. Oh, wow. So, so maybe. maybe it'll get cold. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. It's, a, it's an extended forecast. You we, never know that sometimes changes a little bit here and there. You know, Jim McKinney and I both agree that, you know, any precipitation that falls from the ground that does not need to be removed by something called Toro is the good thing. <laughs> but on the other hand, like I said, these ski resorts, you know, people that want snow on the ground, they're, they're just, it's, it's a big miss. Yeah, and, and it's actually nice getting cold, too, because that knocks down some of those uh, pesky insects. Mm-hmm. So like mosquitoes, ticks, um, we get colder weather, the uh, ticks actually uh, population goes down considerably. So it's nice having some cold weather over the winter. Yeah, last week I had a mosquito fly into my car. Uh, that doesn't it, surprise me. That, that doesn't surprise me. Now, some of those mosquitoes, I think, have become a little hardier than they have been in years past. So. Yeah. they're. T- so we got, actually have some neat events coming up yet. The uh, Audubon Christmas bird count is still going on. I know there's still a few counts in the Southwest Michigan uh, that goes through the 5th of January. Okay. And this being the last Saturday of 2023, so we got a few days yet. Um, go to Audubon.org and uh, check out their Christmas bird count. And they uh, actually have circles, and there's a coordinator linked uh, for each of those circles. So if you want to assist with that, that'd be appreciated. Okay. Fun thing to do. Birds are getting active now again. Now they got a little colder. Um, it was nice and warm before, and uh, 
a little bit of snow. They, they came into the feeders and then the snow melted and they sort of just went out and foraged everywhere. So they're starting with this cold weather. They'll start coming in the little colder weather coming in the feeder a little more. Okay. Um, Kellogg Bird Sanctuary, they got their birds and coffee online chat uh, second Wednesday of each month. Um, it's a Zoom uh, link, uh, an hour, 10 o'clock in the morning. So Wednesday morning, uh, want to take a long coffee break or so and link in with that. You need to register ahead of time so you can get the Zoom link. Okay. Uh, Wolf Lake Fish Hatchery actually has some neat things coming up. Uh, January 20th, so mark that on your calendar, 6 to 8 p.m. It's a Saturday evening. They have a one-mile loop that they're going to have a lantern lit trail. And uh, going to have lanterns and candles. You can take an evening walk. Maybe see some winter, maybe uh, activities with nature, birds. And they're going to have hot cocoa and s'mores provided with a bonfire. Okay. So maybe a little outdoor activity. It depends on how cold it is, I guess. And uh, But sometimes <clears throat> getting out in that cold, if it's not too deep of snow to plow through, and doesn't sound like you're going to have that. No, um, not, not for a while. Not for a while. Um, not for at least. Nice to get not until the 10th at least. <laughs> and uh, they have uh, monthly beginner bird walks. I meant, mentioned that um, every uh, first Saturday of the month at uh, 9 a.m. And next one is coming up next Saturday. So on your way out there, you can tune into Nature Watch and get inspired to look at some birds. Um, that's actually led by experienced birders from the Audubon Society of Kalamazoo. And uh, they're focusing on birding fundamentals. Uh, they actually provide binoculars if you need some. Okay. You have your own, bring them. Usually it takes about two hours. They can stay as long as you want. And uh, they have that unless uh, they have extreme weather, and that doesn't sound like we're going to have that. So sound like it might be good. All ages and skill levels are welcome. So if you're an experienced birder, first-time birder, great thing to do. Yeah, yeah, and, and you get outside and enjoy. That's that's the name of the game here. And uh, I know we've, we talked about the Geminid uh, meteor showers here a few weeks ago. Um, there's actually another meteor shower going on now. It started the 12th of December, so we had a little overlap there. It's the Con- Quantrantan meteor shower, and that started the 12th of December, runs to the 12th of January. I mention that because the peak is coming up on the 4th of January. Okay. And the peak activity is going to be around 5 o'clock a.m. on January 4th. So the best displays might be seen before dawn on January 4th. However, looking at the forecast, looks like it's going to be overcast here. So if we get lucky, you get some breaks in the clouds. You may see as many as 60 or more in an hour if you have some really dark sky. And uh, neat uh, thing to see. Um, it actually um, takes its name from the now defunct constellation Quandrans Morales. Uh, const- the constellation was left off. The, the uh, constellation is drawn out by the uh, a list of drawn out by the International Astronomical Union in 1922. But because the shower had already been named after Quadrans Morales, its name has not changed. The Quadrantids is also called sometimes called the Buotids after the modern constellation Buotis. Um, it's actually associated with asteroid 2003 EH1, and that asteroid takes about five and a half years to orbit around the sun. So some neat, neat uh, sky activities. Another one that's an extended calendar to mark on your calendars. We have a big astronomical event coming up this year in 2024. There's going to be a total solar eclipse, April 8th. And the path is going to be close to us here in yes. southwest Michigan. Actually, the uh, total eclipse path, a real little bit of it is going, that moon shadow is going to cut right across the extreme southeast corner of Michigan south of Monroe yet, just a real little corner there. But if you go down a little further south south of here, um, you're going to see uh, quite a bit of a, of a, you can actually see that total eclipse. 
we'll see quite a bit of a partial eclipse here. And uh, I, was, I was looking at uh, some of the, the websites, uh, especially NASA, um, the Great American Eclipse uh, website, and uh, the National Eclipse website. And they have some neat maps on there showing exactly where that path is going to be. Um, if you want to see that total eclipse, uh, you're probably going to have to find some hotel accommodations quite a ways away and then have to drive to the total path because probably those accommodations are already filled up. Probably have been for quite a while. Right. Uh, might want to go see it because the next total solar eclipse that's going to cross the contiguous U.S. is going to occur in August of 2045, so quite a few years from now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's uh, actually a fun thing to see. We had, had a total solar eclipse in 2017 that was uh, across the uh, continental U.S., uh, but uh, we're going to have uh, you know, a good chance to see that, uh, that eclipse and. Uh, not too far away. Um, that uh, interesting. You know, I was looking at some of the maps, and uh, actually on the uh, Great American Eclipse, they have a simulated path, watching that moon shadow go across that total solar path. Mm-hmm. And when it cuts across that extreme southeastern corner of Michigan, that moon shadow is going to be moving at over twenty one hundred miles per hour. Whoa! So it moves pretty fast. You're going to have about not quite four minutes of total eclipse in that area. A um, little over four minutes if you get down further south in Texas. Texas, the, the band's a little wider. It gets narrower because of the curvature of the earth. And uh, it's going to occur uh, just after 3 p.m. on the 8th of uh, April. So uh, about 3.12, um, it'll start. And uh, that'll... Uh, Again, last about four minutes, so it'll give you a chance to see. I mean, even if you don't see that, go don't drive some part to see that total eclipse. You'll see quite a bit of a partial eclipse here. So right, and but, and by that time the uh, the uh, sun will be higher up in the uh, sky. So yeah, unfortunately, and, with the, you know with the weather patterns here in, in Michigan, if you really want to see it, you're probably going to have to go south because we have a lot of clouds here. Then, so we may have some really cloudy skies and may not be able to see anything here in Michigan. Um, or even a little farther south, and unless you go extremely south and like right. down towards Texas right. or something. Right. You see, we, we tell people that move here, um, the sun that you see in November, say goodbye to it until May. Telling you, it just happens. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 unbelievable how much uh, cloudiness we get. Uh, okay. I know when I was at Michigan State uh, quite a few years ago, we had an October that had six measurable days of sunshine. In a state that makes Seattle look sunny? Yeah. You know, there you um, go. So actually, um, the Lansing area surprisingly. So, so a measurable day of sunshine is 60 minutes or more. Three out of those six days were 60, just over 60 minutes. Wow. Very depressing month. Um, Lansing area in Michigan is actually the second cloudiest city in the continental U.S. just behind Seattle. Surprising, but Lake Michigan actually creates a lot of that cloudiness. And, mm-hmm. uh, so we get a lot of cloudiness here in the state. Yeah, that, that, that lake is wonderful to keep out a lot of the Arctic air, but it also destroys our sun. Yeah, so it always messes up trying to see those meteor showers and that, or even just looking at the night sky. So, right. You know, we we have a trivia question that we've been ignoring for about yeah. the last 15 Everybody's minutes. Everybody's ch- ch- getting their fingers ready to try to Google the answer. Here, um, here, here you go, 269-382-4280. Uh, we have another $20 gift card to Waddell's. Um, and it's a great way to kick off 2024. Yes, it this is. This is our last show of 2023. Um, first correct caller to this trivia question will win that gift card. So what Arctic bird made national news this last week after being rescued in southern Indiana? 
Simply put. So a very, very simple one. Um, there's actually been several uh, Arctic birds that breed in the Arctic. They sometimes come a little further south for the winter mm -hmm. on coasts and that. That's going to be a little hint for you. Um, but uh, this one made national news. Actually, USA News uh, um, had uh, had this uh, had an article on it and uh, made made quite a bit of stir because a, a young girl um, actually rescued uh, this bird from a road and uh, actually named it. So we'll see if somebody comes up with the answer. Well, we'll actually give you some bonus points just for bragging rights uh, if you can tell us what the 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 bird was named. And what the bird's original name was, because it's actually not known as the same name it used to be. Okay. So, so maybe some hints there. But, but to keep it simple, the the, yeah. the so simple what, question what, is: What Arctic bird made national news this last week after being rescued in southern Indiana? Two six nine three eight two four two eight zero. Good morning, WKZO. Who is this? This is Bob. Bob. Good morning. You have a guess, sir? I'm going to say a rare duck. Yeah, so it was a rare duck, but what was what type of duck? Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> There's my duck. What kind of what kind of duck there? A long tailed duck. That is correct. There you go, Bob. So any any answers to the bonus questions? So what 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 did the long tailed duck used to be called? I don't know. Oh, okay, <laughs> so it actually used to be called the old squaw, uh, and uh, which is interesting. Uh, the uh, old squaw, it was just seemed very interesting. Uh, they named it an old squaw because it had a lot of chattered a lot. Odd because the male was actually the one that did most of the noise. Uh, females are fairly quiet, and uh, so they've renamed it the long-tailed duck. It it nests up in northern, very extreme northern Canada, up in the Arctic. Typically comes south um, along the coasts, the sea coasts, and occasionally along the Great Lakes. Extremely rare to see it in southern Indiana, though occasionally they'll, they'll wander down into Tennessee, even sometimes South Carolina inland, um, usually on larger lakes. They're a, they're a deep diving duck. They'll, they'll actually dive down 200 feet, Ooh. and they feed on uh, little animals and that in the in the water. Typically, you don't see them very often, even along the coast, because they're out to sea. Uh, they're actually out in the sea uh, quite a ways because they do that deep diving and looking for those animals to eat. And uh, so uh, neat, uh, neat, rare duck to uh, to see. Uh, um, and actually, the, the the young girl that found it uh, named it Rosalini, and uh, so they actually rehabbed the bird. Actually, re released it already, and it says wintering in uh, some some ponds around and some lakes around uh, uh, just east of Indianapolis. And uh, they've numerous people have seen it. Um, interesting. When I was looking uh, looking up a little information, on my wife actually triggered me on this one. They've actually seen three other Arctic birds that have been around Indianapolis area. Um, and they're all scoters, uh, the white-winged scoter, the surf scoter, and the black scoter. And they also nest in the upper Canada up in the Arctic and comes down along uh, the lakes, sometimes along the, the coast. Um, some of the scoters will actually come down in the upper, near the upper peninsula. You may see them a little bit in the wintertime. But uh, we don't see them down this far south or even farther south. So rare, rare ducks to... Uh, to see over the winter. Yeah, there you go. Okay, Bob, you have won a $20 gift card to Waddell's. I need to get a little bit of personal information from you, so can you hang on the line for just a moment? Bob, can you hold on? Yes. Okay, there you are. All right, thank you. Bob's our big winner, and uh, we'll be back with more Nature Watch after this on WKZO. 
Wild birds prefer the superior quality bird seed that you'll find at Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center. Waddell's carries 16 different varieties of birdseed, and because of the large volume Waddell's buys, they can offer you the best prices around. This week, the 50-pound bag of black oil sunflower seed is on sale for $28.99. Wildlife Sciences cherry and apple suet cakes are on sale. Get one cake for just $1.79 or a case of 12 for $20.99. You save $5 per case. Safflower seed is a favorite of cardinals, but you'll find squirrels will leave it alone. Both sizes of safflower seed are also on sale. The 10-pound bag is just $15.99 or get the 50-pound bag for $62.99. Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center, your bird feeding headquarters for 78 years. Open today until 5 o'clock, closed New Year's Day, and closed this Tuesday for inventory. Open next week Wednesday through Friday, 9 to 6. Detroit Lions football. Mullins looking, pressure comes. It is picked up by the Lions. Ifatu Malafonwu. This is going to be over. Lions are bringing the NFC North title back to Detroit. The Detroit Lions face the Dallas Cowboys at AT&T Stadium. Pre-game Saturday at 7:10 on your home for Detroit Lions football. West Michigan's home for the Detroit Lions. Yeah. 590 and 106.9 FM WKZO. Oh, don't you love it? <laughs> NFC North champions. Yes, yes. Okay, the spread's at eight. Now, the spread's gone down to four and a half. It was at six, dropped to five and a half, and now Dallas favored by four and a half. I, I, you know, if the Lions run, because you can run on the Cowboys, Yes, they have a chance. They have a chance. 710 here on WKZO, 815. You'll see me down the road at, at Nisker's watching. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm admitting it. <laughs> I, I saw I a funny uh, post the other day that uh, somebody said that star that uh, supposedly is the logo of the Dallas Cowboys uh-huh. is actually their rating. <laughs> really? Oh, my. Yeah, one star. Uh, <laughs> I ho- hope that holds true for the Lions tonight. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, back to Nature Watch. Uh, we, we're not talking football here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, you know, we, we're starting to hopefully see some of that activity uh Around the feeders, um, one of those visitors that we see at the feeder, and they uh, look almost like a small cardinal because they have that crest on their head, is the tufted titmouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're uh, sort of that, uh, you know, about a little bit larger than a chickadee, um, not much larger, and uh, usually have that brown, maybe a little bit of gray in them. They prefer sunflower seeds, but we eat suet, peanuts, and other seeds as well. And some uh, neat facts about them. They usually don't gather in large flocks like chickadees do. Um, they usually just sort of stay together as a pair. Uh, once in a while, they may have a teenager with them or so, but uh, rarely does that uh, young titmouse remain with its parents uh, into the breeding season. So mm-hmm. they'll uh, disappear here and go out on their own before between now and, uh, and spring. Mm-hmm. The uh, tufted titmice hoard food in fall and winter. Uh, behavior they share with many of their relatives, including the chickadees and the tits. Uh, tit mice take advantage of a bird feeder's bounty by storing many of the seeds they get. Usually the storage sites are within 130 feet or so of the feeder. The birds take only one seed per trip and usually shell the seeds before hiding them. And uh, they uh, are interesting uh, fact, too. A little, little discussion on whether the plural is tit mice or tit mouses. 
And the correct answer is yes, both. Okay. Uh, okay. So, so they're about 50, 50 in the birding world. Uh, uh, technically, if you look at the origins of the word, it should be titmouses, but titmice has been used and has been accepted for so long that, uh, about half of the bird sites actually use the term titmice instead of titmouses. Okay. So either one would be correct. Would have been a good trivia question too, but I thought that one might be, uh, yeah. Too much of a gimme. We'll yeah. see. Oh, oh, by oh, by the way, we also offer grammar here. And, and yeah. <laughs> so uh, titmice, uh, I'll use titmice. That's what I've always used. Uh, they uh, reside year-round in the eastern U.S., uh, all of the lower peninsula and further south, um, out to the west, uh, west of the Mississippi. Uh, they actually get out into to Kansas and Oklahoma and eastern part of Texas and all the way to the east coast. And almost all the way down through Florida, except for the extreme southern tip. Um, so they're pretty common birds, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, you know they're they're fun birds to watch because uh, they usually come in that pair, come into the feeder, and uh, like I said, they look similar to a cardinal because they got that crest on the top of their head. But uh, they're they're fun birds to watch because they will get that seed and they'll go and store it somewhere, and hmm. and then come back to the feeder. Okay. So usually see uh, see quite a few pair around. Uh, I know my feeders. Uh, when the, when the birds get really active. And uh, so they like that, that wooded area. Um, they typically will nest in a, uh, in basically in a cavity in a tree. Um, they can't excavate their own, so they usually use natural holes or sometimes some of the smaller woodpecker species, though, to take over an old woodpecker nest. And uh, they uh, sometimes will use nest boxes, fence posts, and even metal pipes. Um, so they're pretty adaptable birds. And uh, so they actually uh, line their nest with damp leaves, moss, and grasses, and bark strips. And then they line it with soft materials such as hair, fur, wool, and cotton, sometimes plucking hairs from directly from living mammals. And they've also, uh, when the naturalists have uh, examined old nests from, of titmice, they have identified raccoon, possum, dog, fox, squirrel, red squirrel, rabbit, horse, cow, cat, mouse, woodchuck, and even human hair in the nests. So they're uh, pretty pretty resourceful little birds. Okay. And uh, so they're fun to see coming in the feeder. Uh, so hopefully you'll start seeing some birds come in the feeder. I know we had a caller last week, and she wasn't seeing uh, many cardinals or any cardinals at the feeder. And I think it's just been out foraging. We haven't had snow cover knocking down a lot of those those plants. And, uh, right. So I, I was going to ask you, um, you know, with with this extremely warm December we've had, is there anything sp- that you've seen sprouting out of the ground that shouldn't be at this point? In well, I, I know, I know, my lilacs actually had some buds that were just about ready to swell. It got cold enough um, with these warm ups, and I didn't look at them again. But when we get warm ups, they start thinking, "Oh, it's spring again." Mm-hmm. Um, if we keep getting warm ups off and on all winter, you're going to see some of those plants are going to get those buds start swelling and those leaf buds or flower buds. And uh, they may get some frost damage. You know, I don't want to relive 2012 with the uh, with the big warm up we had in that March. Oh no! no. Yeah, with with uh, flowers sprouting, you know, in March, and, and then, then and cold. then the April freeze came around yeah. and took care of that. So. Yeah, there was a good chance of that because a lot of plants actually, because we had such a warm fall, and right. we had that little bit of cooler weather early fall and a lot of rain, and then, which we had been dry before, and. Then we then they get really warm again, and so and it, that warmth hung on for a long time. Yeah, and so we're going to see a lot of plants out in the wild, even that uh, going to have those those leaf and flower buds are going to start uh, swelling as soon as it warms up. Probably going to see some frost or winter damage in a lot of plants just because of that. Though nature's pretty resilient, 
Um, if they do lose some of those uh, those leaves or flowers, uh, especially the leaves, they'll uh, they'll put replacement leaves out. So that uh, you know, interesting to watch with all those uh, those plants and watch those plants. Uh, you'll start mm-hmm. seeing some of that greening up uh, as soon as it starts warming up. You know, we 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 do need a bit of winter just to yes, balance us well, out. It's nice to have those plants go rest for a while. They actually they look forward to that. They need that rest period. Right. Exactly. Makes them a lot healthier. Exactly. It, yeah, this uh, this weather's just throwing everything into a loop. Let's 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 get let's get some snow packed down for these skiers and get the snowmobiles out. You know, hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully there's enough for that. But we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, or even cross country skiing. Cross yeah. country skiing is a great way to observe nature in winter time too. Nice yeah. and quiet. And we'll cross that bridge we when snow, we get though. there. <laughs> right there, you go. Nature Watch, uh, Gary Miller, uh, back again next week. Back again next year. Next year. Okay, that's right. Yeah. And uh, you know, so any any questions or comments, uh, email me at naturewatch at waddells.com and uh, get outside and enjoy the outdoors. Right. There you go. Gary, thank you. And thank you all for listening and tuning in for this edition of Nature Watch. Tune in each Saturday morning at 830 for Nature Watch. It's brought to you by Waddell's Nursery, Floral Garden, and Bird Center at the corner of 12th Street and Millam Road. American Outdoors Radio will follow CBS and local news right here on 590 and 106.9 FM WKZL. Lions, Cowboys, 710 tonight. Go Detroit.